Hi, everybody. Welcome to, I guess we're calling it a season finale. I'm your host, Mel. And I am Cynthia. And today we are actually each other's guests on the podcast. So we're trying something new, introducing ourselves. We yeah. like listen to podcasts and we're like, oh, right. We, we should introduce ourselves. As we hosts. should tell people who we are. Um, I'm Cynthia. And uh, Mel, I want to know more about you. Because although you are a friend of mine, I still have some questions along with the listeners that have given us some questions to ask each other. Um, and some more details that I don't know, maybe you haven't shared in an online platform and I haven't either. Yeah, it's funny. We have had so many really good guests. And then we're like, people are, I've gotten like messages from friends and also like, I guess, not strangers, audience members um, saying that we don't talk about ourselves enough, which obviously we're not, <laughs> we're not going to do when there are guests. But um, yes, we're taking the opportunity we shared to, I shared to my Instagram and to the detours, um, lots of great questions. And we're going to like kind of gloss over, not gloss over, we're going to answer most of them. But we've talked about it a couple times on the show. We're both going to Atlas Mountain Race in February. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, so we, oh my God, sorry. My cat's, one of her whiskers just fell out. Oh, the whisk, cat whiskers are really long. And I just and watched very it pointy. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Unrelated we love to cats Atlas here. We love yeah, cats. we love cats She's here. Like, Although, um, I'm hoping we'll see plenty of cats at Alice Mountain Race. I'm I think it was it. Um, Alvin and Chaz, who hopefully we're going to have them on the podcast one day, but both of them posted so many cat stories at Alice it. Mountain Race. Oh, I'm ready for it. Um, I always say that I need to do the route like two times because like I first want to go through and say hi to all the cats and then go through again a little bit faster. <laughs> that was like the problematic part of going to Greece. <laughs> Just cats everywhere. Cats everywhere. But yes, we will see lots of cats. Um, the point of that was lots of people have questions about Atlas Mountain Race. And like, I think we could probably talk for an hour about like what we've both been doing prep wise. We'll probably talk like a little bit about our training today, but I think that'll be like a whole dedicated episode mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm. Well, to kick it off, how did you get into ultras, Mel? How did you find the long distance <laughs> format of the bike? I have like the least graceful or normal progression into ultra. Um, it's the first, like, I guess, discipline of cycling <laughs> that hmm. I chose to do. That's such a funny way to find it. I mean, it makes sense, though. There are those, there are people out there that have been like, oh, I like bikes. Oh, I really like bikes. Totally. And I think like in our first like ever episode, I talked about my progression into bikes, but like I've always had a bike. I had a road bike all through undergrad. I used it to commute, um, to practice when I was rowing. And then I moved to Vancouver five or six years ago and was a marathon runner and brought my bike with me and would use it for cross training, extra volume, because running is like way harder on your body. So it's harder to get like a lot of volume in. And then I broke my leg skiing in 2020, January 24th. It's almost my oh. leg break anniversary. <laughs> um, I know. Well, it was like a kind of a, like, this is a long kind of tangent, but I call it my cosmic two by four in that like I got knocked out by a two by four because oh. I was like not listening to like the messages in my life of like the direction I needed to go. So the universe was like, Hey, we're going to take you out and force you to stop and mm. listen. So cosmic tubal tuck me out. 
broke my leg, uh, plate six screws in my right leg. And yeah. And was like the doctor when I broke, like I went for the, I guess the follow-up appointment after the, the, I was out of the hospital and he's like, yeah, your rehab is going to be however many months long and you're not gonna be able to walk for however many months. And Hmm. he's like, you know, endurance sport, that's going to be really tough. And he's like, I don't like, I don't think you should run marathons. You probably won't want to. And Mm. I was like, (laughs) me being like the angsty, headstrong Aries that I am, I was like, you know, it would benefit your patients to be positive. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be in that room. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. I promise you. And he's like, okay sure you are and i was like no i will too long like spoiler alert i didn't run the marathon because i found the bike because running hurt and so Mm. and then the pandemic happened so like events were canceled anyways but uh started riding my bike more and i was like oh my god it doesn't hurt like running does now Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened and i felt like trapped so i bought a gravel bike or what i thought was a gravel bike on facebook marketplace it was a cannondale cad x so technically a cross cross bike yeah but I was like, oh, my God, knobby tires bigger than the mm-hmm. and started riding off road. And I was like, wait, this is so sweet. And I think I either found like the Silk Road Mountain Race video or something like that. Mm. Like I got deep into bikepacking internet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like just skipped from. So wait, you found the- ultras and then Jake followed behind or was Jake into ultras? Jake is your partner. So this For is like a funny kind of serendipitous. So Jake was um, a professional road racer like North America. So raced like the North American crit and road race scene. And he, I guess you could call it retired, but he's like, I don't want to like, I've reached the highest level that I can. I'm not going to go race in Europe. And I don't really want to like just spend my adult years racing North America. So he's like, and then he found the Silk Road documentary, like after the first one. And he's like, oh, perfect. I'm going to retire from road racing and I'm going to go to Silk Road Mountain Race. Hmm. So we both actually heard about Silk Road separately. That's crazy. And wow. then when we inevitably met, he's like, wait, this is really fucked that you like all the same things that I do. He's like, how did you even <laughs> learn about this stuff? It's so funny. Um, Everything happens for a reason. I love it. Yeah. And then my like, I guess, first race, this wasn't an ultra, but I was like, I really wanted to do Unbound XL, I think in 2021, Mm -hmm. but I missed the, I didn't enter the lottery on time. Mm. So then I was like, well, Jake had an entry for the 200 and I was like, I still want to go. And I was kind of stressed that I wouldn't be fast enough to do the 200. And then I was like, YOLO, I'll do it. And I did. I finished at like 1230. Mm. I don't know. I was one of those like you get like a little patch. Yeah. You get like breakfast club. It was so cool. They had like a red carpet for everybody who came in Mm. at midnight. It was like kind of a cool big deal. That's cool. Um, That was, yeah. So that was, and then my first ultra was Silk Road Mountain Race. Crazy. For, I did not finish. I got like crazy sick on the way there. Um, mm. But I was kind of like, you know, I have the backcountry experience. I've done like a lot of bike packing around 
British Columbia, it's like pretty rugged out here. And in hindsight, I definitely probably should have done something like more low key first, but I wouldn't, (laughs) but I wouldn't change that experience because I went and that race got me hooked on ultras. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think not finishing and being so sick, you're still addicted. Yeah. Like the community bit. What was your, Mm -hmm. what was your first, how did, how the heck did you find ultra? Mm, well, I grew up as a runner, then an, and a swimmer, then college did triathlon, got into road racing, did all the UCI or the, you know, crit weeks that we have here in the US. I did a couple UCI yeah. wait, road wait, races. Wait, wait, wait. Did you race Tulsa Tough? Uh, actually, never raced Tulsa. Um, that was one of the ones I didn't do. But um, Dairylands, actually, I um, I got the one year I had the jersey, uh, the cow jersey for uh, like cat two. Yeah. That's legit. Dairylands. Yeah, that was pretty rad. Um, and yeah, then we, this women's team that I'm on, the Velocio Exploro team, uh, road racing, we were just burned out. And I was like, we should race gravel. Team owner Britley was like, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, yes. So gravel racing and started riding my bike longer. I live in, I for the last like, big chunk of time I've lived in the mountains and so I spent a lot of time climbing and riding and um just kind of like getting Your better it looks epic yeah it was really beautiful in that area um and then I was I did Unbound 200 in 2019 I don't know maybe it took me 12 I can't remember what it took. you probably like beat the sun or something like you were probably fast. I think I got 11th place in 2019 um, oh my god i bonked so hard didn't bring salt with me like i had no idea what i was doing which okay, is wait, funny. Wait, wait. salt pills did you this is may seem obvious no like any nutrition okay love salt pills but did you know that if you don't have enough water to consume with your salt pills you can accidentally dehydrate yourself oh wow no idea i had no if you idea take that. too much salt that's crazy i didn't know wow. this alexi Learned Pappas was talking every day. about that on the ritual podcast and mm. I was like, oh, good shout. Like now, now I now know. You, know. <laughs> you actually, uh, full funny, funny story, like really quickly, I was dying, literally dying. I was cramping. I had to stop. Oh. And um, I came across these two people after I had like stopped, kept going, stopped, kept going. And they were pulled over cheering for people on the side of the road. And they were like, we have some pickles. Do you want a pickle? And I was like, oh. <gasps> Okay, but get this. They hand me the jar of pickles and it's like spicy hot pickles. And Fuck, I was like come on. I was literally like at the time I didn't I couldn't do spice. Now I've I've gotten better about it and I love a little bit of spice, but like literally I was like I was desperate. I literally drank almost all the pickle juice. I was like I told the people I was like I'm really sorry, but can I just have all the pickle juice? <laughs> and I think I ate a pickle or two and I sat there and I'm pretty sure I I I might have cried, but survived. Got back on my bike and I finished. Um, but then pandemic happened, and I was still riding my bike a lot, especially in the pandemic. I was like, what else do I have to do? I had friends. We would like meet up and do these big dumb rides, and uh, I didn't want to go back and do the two hundred at Unbound, like when pandemic was subsiding. It's very painful. And yeah, and fast. I just didn't like, like the hype. Like, like, I just don't – I'm not into the hype. And also, yeah, that, like, really intense all-out effort stuff, like, that's yeah. not what I I'm good at. I will say, as someone, like, brand new to cycling, when I went to Unbound, it felt like a flippin' celebration festival. Like, it was so cool. 
Yeah, it, it can be really cool. And like, for me, the reason why I didn't want to do the 200 was because I had done it. And I, yeah, I just like had been there, done that. And I wanted to do something else. I didn't really want to go. I actually, when I finished the 200, I told the people I stayed with my host people. I was like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> I've been back every year since. Um, but basically didn't want to do the 200. So I was like, let's yeah. do the XL. And I convinced my teammate and friend Rachel to do the two or the XL with me. Um, and had no idea what I was getting myself into, but to prepare, I had read online, you need to ride through the night at least once. So I signed up for like a local ultra that was 250 miles called the Rockstar. goes from Harrisonburg, Virginia to oh, Abe's Roanoke, has, Virginia. Abe's yeah. Done Abe has Rockstar, done right? it. Um, I don't, he does not have the FKT unlike the other routes. He has like every FKT, <laughs> one of our guests, Abe Kaufman from Harrisonburg but uh that was the first time I did it I don't know it took me 27 hours it was tough I had a lot of I fell on a river in the middle of the night like it was, was a hot a mess apart? uh yeah it was a grand apart mm-hmm. so did that you was see cool. anybody else on the ride or yeah you, actually alone? um <laughs> one of my good friends now her name is Abby Thibault uh she and I like decided to That's do it not together big jugs, is it? it is big jugs <laughs> get this I met her on like April 7th and she was going to do her own ride and I was the, her partner at the time and I and a couple other people were riding and um, we were talking a little bit before and I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing Rockstar and she's like, or she said she was thinking about it and I was like, you should do it with me. I just did not want to ride by myself. I was so scared. I was like, I need anybody. Um, so we literally met and then we literally, the next time we saw each other, we rode like 12 to 15 hours together on rockstar um which she ended up cutting it short just wasn't didn't have the legs yet she started around the same time that you did so uh but god that was so much we had such a fun time um and she's now one of my really good friends uh which ultra riding and racing seems to i feel like if you do a ride like that with someone you're either destined to be very good friends or or hate each other other. There's, yeah, we're great friends now. It is, yeah, it's so true. And there, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any any people I've really ridden with that I dislike riding with. Um, but I think it takes a special person to want to do an ultra. So that's how I found ultras. Um, was because I didn't want to do Unbound Two Hundred, and now I am here today with you doing an yeah, ultra what podcast. The, and we're like very in the. Well, I would say like. I mean, I'm not going to spoil your 2024 calendar for anyone, but like you're effectively doing this full time next year, right? Yeah, this is like I literally I am considering it my job. So 2024 That's and sick. it's my profession this year, which is pretty cool. I've never been able to say that about bikes before. So yeah. A year ago, was this like a dream? Because like, you know, what's funny is we met in person. We had like an internet friendship, like a loose one. Mm-hmm. We met in person last September. Mm-hmm. Like a year ago. Yeah, year, year and a half. Did you know that months. you were going to like be no. riding your bike full time? No, I know. Well, not was... no, but like, did you dream it? And oh, yeah, it, I've, you know? I've been, I have had a dream of being like a, what you want to, what you could say as a professional cyclist is somebody who's actively paid to, to race, not just like yeah. getting free stuff or whatever. Like, you know, yes, actively. Free stuff, as awesome as it is, does not pay it, your bills. It does bills. not count. No, and it doesn't pay your bills either. Um, I mean, it can count if you want it to count. I remember I used to say like the day that I got a free bike was the day I'd feel like a professional and it took me eight years to get there. And then when I got the bike, I was like, okay, this doesn't feel like anything. And then, then I said, the next time I said, 
if I was to be able to pay my bills and quote unquote live off of bike mm-hmm. bike funds uh, or money from bike brands or just like endorsement sponsorships, then then I would really feel like a professional. Granted, it's not yeah. a lot of money, but it's yeah, something. But you're, you're like you're you're not I. I know you're not actively going into debt to race. You know? No, like I'm not you're, going you're into debt. Come I'm not, out yeah. net positive. You're going to yes. be, and, and it can plus, only like, go up. You know, yeah. It can only you go up have from your here. YouTube. You mm-hmm. like one, like you're not just showing up to race. You know what I mean? Like you're actively seeking out performance, and of course, like the self fulfillment side. But like, if you didn't want to, like it being your profession, there's also that flip side that like, even if you didn't want to show up, you and you had a commitment to someone, you'd still have to probably show up. Mm-hmm. Just like you would in a job when you're not having the day you totally. want to have. Like last Sunday which, when it was raining and I had to ride for seven hours and I was like, mm. but I had a great time. I just love riding know, my bike. The the rich role, Mark Cavendish. I'm just, like, I listened to that ritual. yesterday. Oh my God. It was and so like good. Mark, he's so, I think he's chilled out so much from like his, everyone was said he was mm-hmm. like quite hot headed and, mm-hmm. but he, um, He's like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I have the best job. Yeah, you know, he's like, I get to go out and ride my bike. like, Which is amazing. That's definitely yeah. like, I don't know if I want to be a full-time cyclist, but I definitely want like my profession or like means of way of existing to be mm-hmm. bike-centric, whether that's mm-hmm. like, you know, the podcast explodes or doing artwork for cycling brands, but like something that allows mm-hmm. the flexibility of I don't Um, really want my life to be only bike racing. I really have always wanted bike racing to be a a source of income because I spend so much damn time doing it. But personally, I I mean, I have too much ADD and too much of this and that. (laughs) You have also too many good ideas. Like I think about think about how like you're a creative person and you have ambition beyond just like. You know, I have too many great ideas person. and not enough time in the day. I need people to help me with these ideas. <laughs> Hence why I didn't end up doing the podcast by myself. That's how. <laughs> and that's Cynthia, why we're doing we'll it together. on one episode, Cynthia, co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and look at us. How many episodes have we yeah. done now? Eight? This is going to be number 10. Oh, my gosh. We've done 10? Oh. 10. And I think wow. I, I was um, – Spotify wrapped came out like not that long ago and Mm -hmm. I was out on a bike ride like when it came out and I said to my partner Jake I was like oh I hope that like one person has us as their and then like three people did actually 30 people had us as their number one podcast oh my god probably my mom your mom but still (laughs) Um, I love it that's amazing I mailed stickers to I feel so bad I should know her name um, but I'm always responding to her DMs, living to get lost. Oh, uh, shout uh, out. from Colorado. Shoot. Uh, Oli- not Olivia. I'm blanking on what her name is. I'm blanking um, on her name. I'm so sorry. She's, You're probably yeah. listening, but she's like, a fan. She's wonderful. S- such a wonderful person. Kayla, mega shout out. Um, oh, Kayla. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah there's two Amazing. Kaylas that are in the ultra world. Yeah. yeah Kayla, Kayla and, and then, Stephanie Hall. Yes. And then, yeah. They're both wonderful. Oh. We're actually going to ha- hopefully have them on the podcast at some point together. Jake had the best idea. So oh, we have ideas. yet to have any pairs on the show. Uh-huh. And we, he's like, oh, and then we were like, oh, we should have Alvin and Chaz because As, they absolutely. 
Race's friends. And he's like, oh, you should do a series. You should do Alvin and Chaz because they're friends. Then you should do Stephanie and Kayla because they're siblings. Mm-hmm. And then you should do me and him because we're oh. romantic partners. And then yes. we have a series to differentiate oh I like, love it. Let's all the it. differences. So anyways, uh, spoiler alert for y'all, 2024, it's going to happen. I love this. Um, I wanted this to is these, these conversations we're having right now, <laughs> just so everyone <laughs> knows. This is what, how Mel and I always talk when we're talking or just like from one thing to the next. And then we're like, what were we even talking about? <laughs> Our text is – it's so funny to like catch up on a call because just envision us like rapid fire texting and then like – but it is funny. We both go through like the same busy periods and it's like nothing and then it's like everything all at I know. Once. I'm like, I haven't talked to you in 48 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> same brain Uh, um before we get off of the topic so what i mean the whole point of the episode was because people wanted to get to know us a little bit better and one of the listener questions was how did we get our first sponsors which you know you're just talking about now you're like calling this basically your job this year um vlochio explorer the team you're on until the end of this year obviously has its own sponsors but like I guess it's kind of challenging for you to answer, but like, yeah, how did you get your first sponsor in cycling? Yeah, it's a good question. And the an- there are seven different answers that you could provide. I think for somebody listening that's interested in product or yeah. potentially pursuing some sort of monetary support, you have to do two things. One, you have to provide a reason to a brand. Yeah of why you could benefit them so yeah and i think we've had this conversation a million times i mean like you know we talk about it with other you know with other people too it's like you you can't just ask for money i mean you can and sometimes you can't just ask for product you have to like you have to have a as as challenging as it is you have to have a unique i guess like value proposition to that brand like this the sad reality but not sad is like the people who are using your favorite brands, like they're, well, I'll just give like Albion, my clothing sponsor, as an example. Um, the people who wear their kit are doing ultras. So, like, you can't just reach out to a brand and be like, I do these events because, like, they would never sell any product mm-hmm. if, if you were yeah. like, hey, yeah. I do ultras, which is like an amazing, fantastic thing. But thinking about like what, what is the unique what is thing your you're niche? Dropping? Yeah, your niche. Mm-hmm. There's like gearheads out there. There's, you know, people doing YouTube reviews. There's mm-hmm. no, people doing storytelling. Like it's, there's also like the performance angle. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's all that. There's those things. I think one thing, so um, I've been on this women's team for eight years. And when I joined the team, I had no idea about any of this. And I've really learned a lot from other people, especially the team owner, Brittley Bowman. She's a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful friend of mine and wonderful person. And I have learned a lot from her over the years. Um, one of her sponsors always had the statement, um, which I, I think is really great. It's called Give Good Brand. And Mm. it's very true. If you are looking to work with a sponsor or um, provide a service for a brand, you have to have a niche and you have to be a good ambassador. You have to Mm -hmm. be there. You know, you can't be out like in the course, like cussing or complaining about the race director or, you know, shouting at somebody else. You know, just like you have to give good brand and all of these things come together. 
as a individual who you are and yeah you might you might be a crappy person and might get some free shoes or something but um you know i think being an upstanding yeah. citizen and a benefit to the brand um is a huge thing but then how do you present yourself to a brand that's yeah. that's where the hard stuff comes in and for example we're, f- we're, f- we're i mean i'm not paid to do biking i have clothing support which is incredible and some shoe and saddle support which is also incredible but like the exercise of figuring out your personal brand or mm, it's hard it feels so icky because we're all people mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels so icky mm-hmm. but but if that's the route you want to go um and there is you know you have to give a little bit to get some at the same time too Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, some brands don't want as much from you, but you have to present yourself in a way to the brand. So sending a short email is probably not going to always be the role or unless like there's a connection that you have a, pr- a friend who knows the contact at the brand. Um, but creating a little bit of uh, information about you, we call that a sponsorship deck. And it's used, it's kind of like a pitch deck. You use it to promote yourself. And my pitch deck is Watt Wagon centric. I mean, the color, I have a color theme. I have a logo. I have photos like Watt Wagon. Um, You know, I worked really hard on it. I've literally worked on it for like eight months over the year, the entire year just to submit it. You've also like been building that persona, if you will, for the last like... And that's not to say that everybody has to go that route, but it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's just, to, it. it's such a loaded question, right? Like, it's yeah. like, like you have to think about like, what do you want out of a relationship with a brand? Is it, you know, you just want product because like, let's face it, it's a super expensive sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does go a long way. Um, then that's going to look very different than someone who is like actively seeking out monetary, but I'm sure there's like smarter people than us who can tell you how to do it. I mean, I think everybody's figuring it out. Yeah, it's a hard game to play. I mean, it's not a game, but it's it's a tough, it's tough. And you know what? Honestly, if you know somebody who works for an insurance company around where you live, take that route. Ask them if you're like a more of a local kind of person, like, or if you know someone that works in a marketing department at like a mid to level size business, like they have more marketing dollars in their business budget than a lot of bike brands do. And that's something that I am actively pursuing. I tell everybody I know, (laughs) I'm like, I tell my mom and dad to tell their friends. I'm like, if you know somebody that works in Liberty Mutual's you know marketing department or just like anything like that like those I connections you're like texting me and you're like yeah i've got a meeting with this person this person this person and i'm like how did you meet them you're like oh you know that that thing i was at i'm like what the like super connector but it is so true yeah it's like bike industry has very little money compared to things outside of the bike industry and if you can do something to help that small business in your area like you know or they might just need to spend some marketing dollars and like you might be able to find some money that way. I don't know. You got to think outside the box. Yeah. My, uh, I think travel insurance would be a good one. Yes. I, that's a, I need to find. I just, you know, it feels like such a barrier to entry, even to people like myself who have mm-hmm. like, I have a, I have a race resume. I, I have done some things and I'm building an online persona, which sounds and feels really funny to me to say out loud, but I'm trying. But at, at the same time, I'm like, I feel I still feel funny kind of like cold emailing businesses, but oh, you like can send 10 emails syndrome 
Yeah, and send 10 emails and get one back or send 50 emails and get two back. And you know what? Those might lead to something else later. Yeah. So I was I think like the the biggest thing like you said is I love that give good brand is like especially when you're going to events, also you you just never know who you're going to meet anywhere. Mm, you never know. And never like thinking know. about you only get one first impression and being kind and Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure someone would be like, whoa, you got to be cutthroat to make it in this world. But I'm like, I don't know. I think kindness is the best policy and like being yourself yeah. at the end of the day, like being being who you want to be or who you want to be perceived as. That's mm-hmm. the other part is like often, I mean, this is unrelated to sponsorship, but like I am actively trying to be known as an artist and an illustrator. And I'm like, who am I? Like, what do I have going for me to, for people to know that? But then I'm like, you know what? No, just like start saying that that's what you are. And eventually it's funny <laughs> you say these things. I mean, we all I, I half the people listening are probably like, I feel that same way. I literally have have we I feel weird telling people I'm I'm a professional cyclist, but I went to m- this new massage therapist and I, I like had to explain that like my I'm a cyclist, like, you know, and I'm I'm doing it at the highest level. So I said I'm a professional cyclist and it feels so funny to say it out loud. You're a professional but like it, cyclist. You know, if you can believe it, if you can say I'm an ultra cyclist or, you know, I'm a bike rider. It can just be that you're a cyclist. You don't even have to say cyclist. You can say I'm a bike rider. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes you just have to will it into existence. It's uh, I don't know. We're we're actively working on it every day. Yeah, we are about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a good segue. What are your like five year bike life plans? <laughs> I know you're like non planner. <laughs> okay, I'm... okay. Rather than plans, dreams. Like, what are our five year bike life dreams, or even dreams this year? Okay, um, I have a big dream of wanting to live in Europe. I always have. So, any companies oh, out there ba- that uh... you want, you're back to that. I I do I do want to live in Europe. I have. Ever since I, when I was a kid or when I was in college, I studied abroad in London, not even the most exciting place, but I was like, I could live in Europe. Sorry, everybody from London listening. <laughs> I love London, actually. I would live there, but it's too expensive. Uh, I I love just, it's so different from the US. And I just like, I want to be able to say and experience life in another country. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's South America one day. Maybe it's Europe. I really need to learn Spanish, but that's a big goal of mine. So any companies out there listening that want to give me a visa, I'll come over and do anything for you. Um, be your spokeswoman <laughs> for your entire company. <laughs> yeah, within reason. Um, so that's one. Um, I don't know. What's one for you? We can go back and forth. <sighs> Five year. Um, well, you're going to get married. So like that's coming up. Yeah. Jake and I are getting married in June and we are going back to Silk Road Mountain Race in August and finishing your that honeymoon. will be, it's not actually our honeymoon, but like, yeah, I but guess at this point it's our honeymoon. It's, yeah. it's our, finishing that will be a big, a big goal. I think just because of how badly everything went last time I went to Kyrgyzstan, I wouldn't like, I would change that experience and that I like wish I got around better. But I think like the reason for going back together is uh, the year I went to Silk Road, it, there was this crazy monster pass, Gyptic. It's the highest mountain pass that's ever been in the race. And it topped out at like 4,300 meters. Wow. Um, and we went there on day one. And I got to the top of the mountain pass, like super, super sick. And I looked around and like I had, you know, hiked up and there were some people around me. But I was, 
I felt like pretty empty emotionally. And I was like, I wish someone was here that I love. Cause at that point I had no idea mm. if I was ever going to go back there mm. if I was ever. And I was like, wow, this feels like such a once in a lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm like, if I had the finances and the time I would go to Kyrgyzstan every summer. Mm. Uh, Cause that race is just amazing. So yeah, getting around that, getting it done, that will be really good. Um, we really want to live in Europe for a year. And I think mm-hmm. before uh, I'm 27 and Jake is 27 too. Before you turn 35 as a Canadian, we're super fortunate. It's like quite easy to get like a one year visa to Spain and Portugal. So we're kind of earmarking that for either next year or, or the year after. And then like, and we're going to be roommates mostly because I just want to live with your cat Stevie, but also Stevie, Stevie's going to be a little, what do you Euro call cat, cat in Spanish? Gato? 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 Um, she's going to be a little Spanish cat, but um, I really like this. This might sound like a silly plan or dream. I really don't want to get on an airplane for an entire year. Hmm. I um, like that. And just be in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like either take overland travel to the events that we want to go to or mm-hmm. ride our bikes there. But like coming from especially the West Coast of North America, like it's a long haul flight. It's super mm-hmm. expensive, but it's also just like to be flying as much as we do is not great for the environment. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, we make lots of concessions in our day to day lives and like, I'm, you know, we eventually want to have a child, so I'm not going to sacrifice, um, traveling now, but it does weigh heavily on my mind, the amount mm-hmm. we fly in a year or like, yeah. e- you know, I'd love to just not fly for one whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what's your like bucket list in that mm. like dream, you know, a race? Uh, a route I don't know I just races to me like I I want to see new places I want to experience culture so I don't know it's funny honestly like dreams are like actually not racing like I dream to go somewhere and do a really long bikepacking trip where I get to soak in the environment and the people and not feel rushed I spend a lot of time being rushed granted I I love to race my bike it is (laughs) one of my favorite things to do and so I'm always like what's the next race I can do like I wish I could race more it's so Um, addicting it's really taste and also like the 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 heartbreak and triumph of racing Mm -hmm. is addicting like it's highs so and lows themselves are addicting, whereas like the mundane slow pace of like I find that harder to get into the throes of, but like it's also good and healthy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like the idea. I think that like living in Europe would be a good opportunity. Actually, well, uh, I don't know when we're gonna release this podcast. Uh, Later I, this I, week, next week. Oh yeah, I can't say this then. Uh, I got some surprises for later this year, but I got to wait for some. Do I know to... them? Yeah, you know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just okay. can't say them okay. on this podcast because <laughs> I can't tell everybody what my schedule for next year is yet. All um, right. Well, we'll we'll do we'll like get... a. You'll probably do like a big reveal on your YouTube. Yeah, and yeah, we'll share it later. Um, but yeah, I just like I would love to live in Europe. I would love to bike pack in Europe. I would love to ride across Europe. I would love to um live in South America. I don't know. I have a lot of like I want to go here. I just want more oh, yeah. of everything. You know, I want life more is... of life. Um. Yeah. But You're allowed to racing want more. dreams. 
Um, Tour Divide, Silk Road. Uh, what year next- do you think Tour Divide will be? <sighs> Probably next year, 2025. As in, like, yeah, not next year, as in 2024, but the following year. Yeah. Like, I think um, I'm doing a big race this year that's pretty long. So that will prepare me for multiple days on the bike. Um, I would and- say you're, you're prepared for like two to three days on the bike. Well, which yeah, is cool. even four. Atlas I can will, definitely. Atlas will be your longest race. It will, and I've never actually carried anything to sleep with. <laughs> I'm like getting ready for a bike packing trip in January, so I can like practice with my bike setup. And this is going to be the heaviest your bike has ever been. I bet. Yeah. Do you know where? Like, what? How are you feeling about sleep setup? Are you any closer? No. <laughs> But you are going to be puffy pants. Oh, heck yeah. Maybe. I just got puffy pants. I um I need to get a new sleeping pad and a different sleeping bag because the bag I have that's winter is huge uh, and the pad I have is also huge. So I need to spend some money. Backpacking is so the, expensive. The lightweight equipment is so expensive. And it's I so would like- expensive. I want to preface to anybody listening who's like, I wish I had a lighter setup. Like, don't let your setup weight be the be the barrier mm-hmm. to entry. Like, if you've got the stuff, carry it. I think, yeah. like, you're at a point where you're, like, you're racing professionally. You're looking for marginal gains. Like, mm-hmm. you know, those those 100 grams are not going to make or break someone's race for the I'm most over part. here, like, probably, should I buy it, one of those electric pumps that's, like, 150 grams? Like, that would be a nice little addition to my bikepacking kit, like, you know? Dude, you should. You, sh- you should. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because then, like, I I think about this all the time, and the only reason I haven't is because I ride the smallest bike that there is out yeah, there. Yeah, so, like a small bike. Yeah, I wear, like I, my, I wear. I have, like, a medium 54. Yeah, which, like, it's still not, not a ton of space. But, like, the reason I haven't is because I don't have space. But if I had infinite space or, like, a bigger bike, I would bring one because you can be doing other things while your stuff is inflating. Mm-hmm. Also, if you do mm-hmm. any races up at high altitude. Mm. Um, yeah, you're not you putting know, moisture in there either. That's another thing. Your oxygen is precious. So it is if precious. you have room. Yeah. Who cares about the like weight if you have space then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have space yet. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I have literally my bike. I don't even have my bike. Uh, it's <laughs> my life is slightly <laughs> a mess right now. <laughs> uh, well, didn't Louis? We're we haven't released Louisa's episode yet, and it won't be out by the time this one is out. It'll come like early twenty twenty four. But Louisa, who won Atlas last year, was telling us that she got her mountain bike. Like, oh yeah, a month before the race started mm-hmm, and rode it mm-hmm. like five times i i have ridden my bike because i was planning on doing atlas last year with this bike but i couldn't get it sorted in time um and also my life was truly exploding at the time of atlas last year well yeah um, you shared it on your instagram and we don't yeah to today together, i but... shared yeah um well for those who are listening that didn't read my instagram post uh, um i i got divorced in the last year my um yeah, my marriage ended and I am now living, actually, I've been living in my parents' house. So um, when we had that conversation with Megan, I was like, I feel you. I know what that's like yeah. um, in my parents' basement. I'm actually in my parents' attic. I have my own room as an office. So that's oh, yeah. special. But um, yeah, my life has been pretty challenging this year and it's been really, really hard. I'm thankful for your friendship, Mel. And um, things are looking up. Always. 2024 is going to be great. Um, and I'm moving. And you're, where are you moving? 
Not Europe this time. No, not yet. Um, I figured I would stay in the U.S. Better to be close to home. Uh, I am moving to Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, Oh, capital of cycling in United States. I'm excited. Like, like it's a pretty big hub for cycling. It's kind of an odd place for those who are listening. You should visit. But if you go, please spend time in the Ozarks. So the National Forest that's close to Bentonville is actually where the better riding, in my opinion, is. If you like flow trail, go to Bentonville. But I personally oh. am from the mountains and I love technical rock trail. A little bit of jank. I just want all of the rocks. Um, and there's a lot of you rock should- there. So, you should come to um you should come I to know. Vancouver because I don't know you. if you know, but the North Shore is like I know I need to come and visit. The North Shore is I I'm not a, like a good mountain biker, but the North Shore is where I it's, gotta come visit. Where it's yeah, at. So. so hard though. It's so difficult to learn there. It's like I can I, yes. Yeah, I remember when trails? Rachel Rachel Wills was trying to get into mountain biking and she was living in Washington at the time and she had so it was like there was just so many rocks and it was just so challenging because none of the routes were actually greens. Like they were just No. No, Treading Blue Trail you. here is like a black elsewhere, some, yeah. bigger black somewhere else. But uh, it's cool. Like you have these like legends of mountain biking, just like building trails and stuff. Mm. It's so cool. But so when are you? I don't even know. What's your move date? Mm, January 8th. So I'm getting ready. I packed my car today. Um, Fiona the Fiat. Fiona the Fiat. I actually have way more room in my car. I was like, Wow, I really don't have a lot of stuff. This is pretty crazy. So, did you get rid of a lot of stuff, or yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, in my separation, I just like yeah. didn't take as much of the stuff. I have more. I put on a gravel race. I don't know if people know that. That's listening called Gravista, May eleventh. Mel's coming to registration help. going live in January. January twelfth. Um, I have more, probably more cubic square footage of bike race stuff than I have of my personal belongings at this point right now if you don't include bikes if you don't include bikes and gear i mean like no if you include gear but just not the bikes okay yeah how many bikes do you have (laughs) do i want to know five or six (laughs) i have five and then i have a frame that's broken that i need to um actually okay you're not that bad jake has Jake has, I think, six bikes. Really? I don't like to keep bikes. Just right now, I just happen to be that. Like, Thank I you. just got I two don't new like bikes, keep, and like, yeah, when I'm done with a bike, I'm like, all right, I'm. This needs to. So, um, what other dreams? We do have, have a roommate in Bentonville. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I have two. I have two housing situations. The first one is a a mountain biker. Um, who I don't know. I think she's actually raced snow snowshoe World Cup. Uh, once. Oh. And then um, the other one is a gravel pro ra- uh, rider on the Trek Driftless cool. team. Cool. Um, so, yeah, her name is Paige on Wellover. Is she doing a lifetime Grand Prix next year? I think so, yes. Um, that's kind of – I think that's kind of her jam. That's her type of riding. Yeah. I'm like, that's not my jam. But uh, we can do some base miles together. Um, so I don't actually know her super well, but um, similar lifestyle. So I think – we want the same kinds yeah. of things in house. I need a garage. She needs a garage. New adventure. You know? So um, that's going to be cool. So, yeah, I have, have all of that coming up and then, then racing. Um, lots of races. I'll We'll do a little some more about racing in a future We can talk episode. about our favorite races, the races we're doing next yes. year. I mean, <laughs> my two races are already out in the world. I'm doing Atlas and Silk Road and 
maybe something will pop up in between there. I mean, like mm-hmm. you're gonna finances come to Bentonville are and do Arkansas High Country. Oh, you know what? The High Country is a, a definite maybe. I think let's see how like yeah. If I'm not like totally broke by the end of August, um, you know you're gonna have so much work. You're not gonna have enough time. I know I'm manifesting more graphic design. More, not graphic if anybody design, has any graphic design work, hit up Mel Webb. She's amazing. Illustration, um, you know, t-shirt well, designs, okay, sticker designs. Note, I drew this like I actually I drew this like giddy up gal on a bike for I I loved it. a local so team, mm-hmm. and uh, anyways it. They, I was doing it pro bono. They never like, they approved the design and then like it never went out into the world. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I love this art. So, and nobody, it's mine. So, so I shared it and I was so scared to share it. And then when I shared it, I got three messages about potential projects. And I was like, okay, I, I'm like, Hell okay, yeah. you need to, you need to put like, and I, I launched a sub stack because I'm just like, I love writing and sharing. But I was like, you know, every time you put yourself out there, it's almost always a net positive to shoot your shot. As terrifying as it feels. And I also like need to remind myself that like, if anybody said anything bad about my work, it's not for everybody. I don't ever want to be for everybody because like, like, I mean, even same for like YouTube, you Mm -hmm. know, you get those stupid YouTube trolls or like the people. I live for this. The people on your YouTube telling you they don't like the color of your new bike. (laughs) Good thing it's custom painted for me, bro. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Your Mm -hmm. channel is not for everybody. Also, there's this girl girl on TikTok. Whenever someone, some negative says something on her channel, she just goes, she responds and she says, my channel. Oh, hell yeah. I like that. Good for you. Um, Good for her. Yeah, I don't know. It's been like a... I left my corporate job in end of April? April. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I nailed that. End of April. Yeah. And like I've uh, been contracted and didn't – like I knew that freelance work would fluctuate more obviously than having a salaried job, but I didn't do as well of a job preparing for like the slow season as I could have. Um, yeah, but you're doing a really good job now of like, you know, you, you've – you're putting yourself out there doing I'm putting things. myself out there and there's like lots of wheels in motion for 2024 mm-hmm. but it is like scary because like what if what if nothing landed but I did it will land oh, it did get a part-time job at a physio clinic just oh, doing yeah, like front of house it. yes and I will say because I the one part like yes the need for consistent money but also being a freelancer is lonely hmm truth it's really like i think we text about this being like i talked to somebody today and it was awesome it's so nice like talking to like i met a lady with the cutest baby this morning um and just like i've had i you know i think three or four training shifts so far and just like the connection with people that is not it's it's not really transactional like yes i'm processing payments and insurance but like it's just connection, which feels really, really, really good. And like, I haven't had that in so long, mm-hmm. you know, like they don't really want anything from me. Mm-hmm. So that's been really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm it like, is really, really, nice really happy that panned out. Communication with other people. It's so important. I know that some I, people don't need it as much as others. I need it all the time. <laughs> Unless I'm riding it. my bike and then I'm like, ah. Leave me alone. Yeah, I like happy to be to alone, be alone on the bike, but I don't yeah. feel alone when I'm riding my bike, even when I am with nobody else. 
It's such a good yeah. feeling. I'm I'm really excited to race solo. It makes you feel so powerful. You feel like you could do anything. Literally anything. Um, um we have literally only answered like two questions. <laughs> <laughs> We're like looking at our document, doing our highlighting back and what forth. What like, should we ask each other next? Well, um, uh, you go first. I don't know. Well, yeah, our okay, next question. Well, I'm... Sorry. Our next question Terrible. is, what is it like to be on a team? And I'll, I think this one is more specific to Just me. Just for you, because I've never been on a team. Yeah, but you have been on a team. You were a Other rower. Teams. Yeah, yeah, but still. I mean, I there mean are like people out there. Team. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I'll briefly answer. I've been on the women's um, Velocio Exploro team for eight years and I've had actually counted 32 different teammates over that amount of time. And it's really cool. It's super wonderful, especially grown adult women who own their shit. It is so empowering to be around those kinds of people. Each one of them. I mean, we've had doctors and dentists and freaking new york city businesswoman who wear the the coolest outfits and i'm like you are a boss bitch and i love it um we also have like moms we've had moms on the team and um previous like world tour riders and it's been really cool crazy um so yeah women of all walks of life and it's been really special um it's really sad to leave though riding riding by yourself or not like like, do you ever use team tactics in races or is it more just like the community that's been really special? Well, with road racing and, and criteriums, there was team tactics. Absolutely. Yeah, like, course. I mean, like we went in to win with one person and, you know, it was you were your goal was to get to that that person to the finish. As a gravel racer, the team tactics ability is much less. Yeah. Um, it's you know, who can get to the finish first. But the thing about that is, is everyone's ability levels, whether it be your like ability to race fast or ride in a group or ride the course, it depends. So there are definitely some team tactics. I think most of it is just like, I don't know, helping the other person if they need help or, you know, encouragement or giving kind words Mm. or leading somebody through a technical section, things like that. Um, So, yeah, I think with gravel racing, that's more of the like, it's not necessarily about working together and making a team plan. There are some teams out there that have that. But again, it's so hard to make that kind of thing happen in a gravel race with so many variables. This could be a whole episode in itself, and it's completely unrelated to being on a team. But like the thing I'm fearful about in gravel racing as it becomes professional is like, basically that same like it's basically just gonna become road racing on i just don't think it's gonna happen there's too many variables i mean yeah of course we're gonna see i mean like if you were if if like if you think about like even unbound very rarely are there team tactics and i think at the end of the day it comes down to like okay if rider a and rider b are both strong enough to get to the finish like both could potentially be in first they can make more money probably riding as rider a versus rider b rather than like a and a2 you know like you know on mm-hmm. the same team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i think that's a big thing but then also like there's just no money in it the, there's zero dollars really in- yeah unless you're lachlan morton but like even then he's not 
Yeah, I mean, like the the men's winner, you know, the, the, a lot of the men's winners or men's riders, they they ha- they make a good salary, and there are definitely some women who also make a good salary as well, um, but that's pretty rare. It's not like UCI where there's mandates on, but even then, you know, the UCI minimums saw, like, and stuff. The amount the men make compared to the women, it's, it's a joke. It's it's it. Well, I mean, like I don't even want to open this can of worms, but like. UCI Gravel Worlds, the fact that they didn't broadcast the women's race. Oh, that was and then and then blamed it on the event organizer. I'm like, I call bullshit and not yeah. claim like not owning because I mean, like, whatever. Anyways, that's a whole a whole I mean, thing. I but- could I could get on a crazy tangent and be like, listen, I have won some of the biggest ultra races in the world and wasn't, there are still wasn't no one there to photograph your unbound XL. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Won. I won the race and there was nobody there. They were taking photos of the junior podium. But what yeah, I was going to say shit. is I know for a fact that there are some men out there in the ultra world who are making more money than I am and have maybe only won one race. Uh it's we could get but, on a whole tangent about that. Yeah. <laughs> I will like I will th- and one thing is like I do think that guys are more likely to shoot their shot. And I that's brands, the thing. Brands are more likely to reach out to them, but also yes. guys are like, they have the audacity, which I'm not they saying that as a criticism. They just believe it. They just believe they just, that they're worth it. Which I'm is why here, we like, always so do the, please, like, the um, could you help me? Yeah. yeah. Can you help me, please? I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd like one saddle. <laughs> if it's not too much to ask. <laughs> I, I sent Mel this uh, Instagram. I sent you this. Uh, it was like <laughs> the, a, the one that said, if you'd rather run me over with you. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, can you, hi, can you please help me with this one thing, this little favor, please? Uh, but if uh, no, the answer is no, then just, just, just run me over the car. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> what did it say? I hate it. Me trying to ask someone for a favor. Hey, could you help me with this thing? Absolutely no pressure, though. Totally okay if you can't. If you'd rather run me over with a car, that's cool. Are you mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I need to be better about when I go into a sponsorship negotiation. I that's what I sound like, and it's terrible. And I, I need to be better about it. And that's where that is where there's definitely a difference. In, not always, but in the way that a man negotiates, absolutely. Yeah. Many and I times will say they, like that's kind of they the shoot their benefit. Shot. The benefit of having like connection, like I mean, I'm grateful for our friendship for a multitude of reasons, but like we both have similar but very different aspirations, and so it's easy to be like, and I, we also have the belief that there's room for everybody. I think if you Absolutely. occupy like a unique space, there's room for everybody, and there's always the like belief in the other person and be like, no, you do deserve that. Like you should mm-hmm. go ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I wish that like that confidence existed across the board and then also like that for them to be more receptive like brands and people to be receptive of that confidence because mm-hmm. it's so funny it's such a like when a woman is confident like there's it's not always received as confidence yeah definitely you know what but i don't think i told you this i had this is off topic but not off topic at the same time i have a really hard time accepting praise from people i know you do I have a terrible time. I don't I I, th- I think it's just the way I was raised. So I was having lunch with um three gentlemen that my dad knows. Um really really wonderful people doing some great things. Um and they in this conversation were jumping around all over having blah blah blah. And multiple times I could not accept 
the compliments that they were giving to me. You know, the praise oh, of the, you know, what I was doing was hard. really impressive. It's so hard. I don't want to sound, you know. Okay. So one of the guys mentions a story. He is down in Florida and they're redoing a bunch of houses that got torn down in one of the tornadoes, yeah. hurricanes, and he's there cooking. And so he cooks for like four days. And on the first day, everyone gives him a bunch of praise. And he's like, you know, he's like, thank you, thank you. The second yeah. day, they do it again. And at the end of the second day, he's like, listen, you guys don't have to thank me. You don't need to thank me. Yeah. And somebody comes up to him and says, this is all men. So he's a, a man cooking. And this is a group of men who are doing the work. And so a man comes up to um, my dad's friend and says, I want you to accept the compliment because it takes a lot of effort and energy for somebody to give a compliment. And by, mm -hmm. by not accepting it, you are taking away the joy that they get by Someone giving you so happy to the do compliment. That. Yes. And it's, that. it's like, it's pretty hard for a lot of people to give compliments. Um, and I actually hadn't thought about it that way. Like you would I've feel shut down. I've about if it you... that way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I feel terrible. Well, of course, the inside of me is like, oh my God, I feel so terrible. All these people have said all these <laughs> nice things to me. <laughs> but, but now I'm like, I just need to say thank you. You know, it's yeah. so hard to do, but a I simple gotta say thank, thank you. you. And yeah, I totally, I, I totally understand. So That's... that that helped me reframe that that in my mind, which honestly was probably the most beneficial thing from this lunch I had with these gentlemen, like you guys lunches. in their 60s, 70s, you know, like taught me a bunch of things. But that I was like mind blown. So, yep. It's we're all just out here trying hard. What were we trying talking hard. about before? Uh... Teams, confidence, uh, women. Oh, we, confidence. It originally, this whole tangent started about being on a team. Uh -huh. um, someone asked us, how do you handle lows during training and during races? What do we do when things get challenging? Oh, I mean, I think for me in training, racing, life is reminding myself of impermanence and that like mm. nothing is permanent. The discomfort mm. you're feeling, the sadness you're feeling, like some things may last longer than others, but I mean, especially like in an ultra specifically, like you go through so many emotions in a day. It's very rare that you will have a bad day all day. You know, mm. it's sometimes for Truth. a few hours, sometimes it's a few minutes. Um, you know, sometimes it is a whole day, but I think like reminding yourself that like everything is impermanent mm. can be really helpful because then it's like, you know, feelings will pass. Bad times will pass. You know, you're tired right now. You'll feel energized later. You're sad now. You'll feel happy later. Um, and embracing that specific feeling, knowing that it will pass. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like, it's harder. It's harder in some scenarios than others. But, like, goldfish mentality. Mm -hmm. You got to be like Dory in Finding Nemo. Like, she's mm. been hurt. She's been lost. And she doesn't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna um, use that on my next ultra. I, that's my that, i i go dory mode and mm. uh sometimes i like recite p sherman 42 well way sydney um, oh. 
<laughs> for anybody who hasn't watched Finding Nemo, this is like the one thing Dory can remember she cannot is the rem- address she has of where to remember Nemo it. is. Yes. But that's the only thing she can – so uh, yeah, like impermanence and then like short-term memory loss. Uh, mm. I mean, obviously that's a serious thing in itself, but like, you know, short-term memory I think serves you well, uh, especially when things are challenging. So that's that's how I try to – do it and if i'm like having a really bad time trying to like dissociate so i'll listen to some normal gossip that usually Mm. like pulls me out of a funk also if you're feeling bad like in any anything like life this is obviously there's extenuating circumstances but like you probably need a snack truth (laughs) i listened to um what's her name who won unbound xl this year uh kristen Um, ligan i was listening to i think the silka podcast um And she and her husband were on the were on for an episode talking about it, and they asked, "What's the first thing you do when you get a mechanical?" And I think her husband said, "Well, you have a snack, and <laughs> and, th- and then you deal with it." And I was like, "That's so true. Like, That's so if true. something's going wrong, yeah, you're probably like low on blood sugar. You need mm. some carbohydrates. Like, have a snack and then problem solve." Mm-hmm. And like, I got a flat in California last week and. <laughs> I was like so cranky and I had a snack and then everything was much more doable. So hmm. Lowe's, have a snack. What have about you? Snack. Um, I have spent the last few years really working on mindset and I spend a lot of time trying to be in a positive mindset despite yeah. whatever it is I might be experiencing. Granted, it's not always possible. Sometimes when you're really sad and you feel really alone and you're just sitting on the floor in your bedroom crying, it's really hard to get out of that. But uh, in a race scenario, yeah, yeah, in a race scenario, I often, when I catch myself in a low spot, I will try and reframe my mindset and take take the negative vibes that I'm experiencing and throw them out the window and refocus my energy. Sometimes it's harder than others, especially when you really feel crappy. Yeah. But like Mal said, impermanence, like it's not oh it's not gonna last. Like you'll figure out a way to get past it. And I think dissociation is another really good way to do that. And for me, I spend a lot of time trying to be positive, but also trying to ignore the really crappy stuff. So it's cold. You're hot. If you're hot, it's cold, you know? Yeah. Um, During Badlands this last year, I was riding next to, I forget his name, YouTuber, really nice guy from the UK. He and I were riding together for just a short time. We had all been on this crazy dirt section and then we were on pavement and while we were on the pavement oh josh reed yes it started raining and i didn't notice it was raining i literally was like had no idea it was raining and he was like he remarked the fact that it was raining pretty hard and i was like oh it's raining you're right like i i just try really hard not to let things make me feel negative and so like okay rain sucks nobody really wants to ride in the rain yeah i think you get but, like one what was it alan said like when him and his friends are out on a ride when it's bad weather oh they yeah all you get, get one, one time one yes. time where you get to be like oh this is real shit weather 
And yeah. Then- and that's it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, just we're, we're lucky to be riding our bikes, y'all. Like, we are lucky. Gratitude. There are people who are out there that don't get what to do what we are doing. So I yeah. guess be positive, dissociate from the pain, and have gratitude. Have a <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I I do thought it. you were going to say turn this negative into a positive. I had a – when I was rowing in undergrad, our head coach, Volker, this German guy, he's like one of the most esteemed rowing coaches in the world, and he – had like German English, like he never learned to speak English properly. And he would always go, Mel, you must turn this negative into a positive. And <laughs> so I'm always like negative into a positive. And, you know, yes. sometimes things suck, but like finding the silver lining. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, we are, I think Robin said it really well in the last episode of just gratitude and going back and finding mm-hmm. like, you know, one mm-hmm. thing to be thankful for. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love that. Um, also, in this question, it talks about how do you handle the highs and the lows. And honestly, I try not to have either. I try really yeah. hard to just baseline it because if you have one direction, you're going to swing to the other hard. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that. Like, that's something I've been actively, like, I think every, you know, everybody has kind of, you know, a different emotional constitution. But one of the things, me be like being a quite emotional person, is I have you know, I've been trying to find that more like middle ground mm-hmm. and not trying to swing too hard in either way, especially like when you're racing, like if things are going well, not being like pessimistic, but just not like not getting too euphoric, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being able to be like, things are good and they're good and like mm-hmm. not expecting things to go bad, but just like not getting too carried away with yourself. Because if you do, because you're emotionally just taxed, you will swing really hard the other way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next question. Dream podcast guest. Fuck This one I thought so like, I feel like we're so privileged that we've had so many. Oh my God. We have so many good ones so far already. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to like, I'd love to have Lael Wilcox on one day. Mm-hmm. That's like a dream, obviously, because she's, you know, accomplished so much um, in bikepacking. I think, uh, like I'm trying not to think of like celebrities. I mean, I would love Jenny Tuff. I mean, she's yeah prolific. You know, we should also reach out to Jenny Tuff. We should definitely. I saw her do a podcast recently. Nice. I mean, I like we set out to like try and prioritize uh, women, folks who identify as women. So that's yeah. like really important. I really want to have a female race organizer on. That would be like mm-hmm. a dream guest because I think there's so few and far few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point we'll like go outside the box and we'll have like an ultra runner. Um, I think that would be interesting, you know, having somebody who's in that world. And honestly, there's other ultra sports out there. Oh, you know who we should have on the podcast is Rebecca Rush. Did you know, did you ever read her book? That book? No. Honestly, I have never been so inspired in my entire life. It's called Rush to Glory, I think. Uh, Maybe. She used to be an adventure racer. And she would like, she literally won everything. Yes. And she would like win everything. We need to have her on the podcast. I think, um, yes. I, I'm, she's a village ambassador. So, 2024, uh, bingo card. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Jenny Tuff, Lil Wilcox, Rebecca Rush. I love that, like, the first instinct is women. Yeah. We're going to have, um, other, some other men, though. Uba, Ulrich, Bartholomos, 
uh, Tour Divide winner. He's a good friend of mine and is very excited to come on the podcast. Um, he's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, Uba, if you're listening. I have to say that, like, this, this, I'm trying not to be stereotypical, but, like, from just looking at his Instagram profile, Jake and I didn't, like, understand the hype. Mm. And then, I get, I mean, yeah, when no, you meet just, him, though, but, you're like. Then, but then his stories, his Instagram stories during Tour Divide. He's so funny. I was like, they were so funny. I, like, I was like, I I get it. You are an amazing human. And I like he's that German. Bit of- that's why. That's why he comes off that way on the internet because he's German. But then he's but then, so like, organized actually, like, and diplomatic like, about his posts him, and like, everything. Talk in person mm-hmm. and just like so funny. That I was like, oh my gosh, what a great like that's someone I definitely want to. You know who actually? Okay. Justinas. Uh, oh, I I, oh we should have Justinas on. I would Justinas love that. Is, like, I love every Instagram story. Hello, you beautiful people. I'm like, oh, what a wonderful <laughs> person. Uh, we're gonna have Nelson Trees on. Nelson, yes. if you're finally listening to an episode, um, he's I would call probably Nelson at a, a bar good right friend. now working. I uh, yeah, he's probably at the bar. I am. Um, I bother him a little bit too much, but you know what? That's what friends are for. Um, you know, I think that's that is that is my list for now. Um, yeah. We've what is so like your dreams. ultimate dream? Like ultimate dream one day my dream in life or like sorry for podcast guests oh i mean i i want to know what your ultimate dream in life is okay well my i don't have a dream guest but my dream for the podcast is that we are able to like do in-person things like ritual yes i want like a like i want people to listen to the show and feel like they're having a conversation with two of their best friends or three of their best friends and they mm-hmm. are inspired and they f- like they walk away with belief that whatever they're like the thing they felt doubt about belief that they can go and do that that like if we can do that for one person i'm like mm-hmm. hell yes we've won i want to rich roll like- i want to meet him actually I was like, I need to be on Let's this podcast. Let's have Rich Roll on the podcast. Rich, I want him to be on our podcast, and I also want to be on his. Um, yeah. He's from D.C. He's from Georgetown or Chevy Chase, which is like – he's from this area. I was listening to this podcast of him and uh, Mike. He's an ultra runner who has like yeah. run across country seven days, marathon yeah. seven days, seven continents. Anyway, that guy is also from D.C., um, and I listened to that one yesterday. Um, oh, yeah. But, DC, you know, they were talking the about, like, the CNO Canal and all these things. I'm like, oh, that's my hood. I know that area. Um, oh, you know who I want to do an ultra or, like, a big bike packing race so that we can have them on is Sarah Sturm. Uh, she, you know, honestly, we should just she have Sarah Sturm She followed me on, on Instagram and I she's felt wonderful. like a fucking – I felt – I was like, oh, we should Sarah just, Sturm, if you're like- – She would 100 I – I bet she would be interested or she would – totally hop on she's so funny i really like her i was such like, good vibes when i did my tour in the fall uh when i rode from vancouver down to bend oregon i like made this illustration of my route and a bunch of like my bike packing like cycling heroes followed me and i started like <sighs> losing my mind i was like and sarah stern was one of them and i was like holy shit i'm cool you are cool mel <laughs> you are cool you're super uh, cool i um, love it all right, we've been talking forever. What should yeah. we end it on? Um, okay, our last three questions before we boogie are uh, coolest place to gravel ride, where we want to ride, where we have riv- ridden, and bucket list ultra. So pick one of them. Uh, or answer all three. Just pick one. Okay, 
place I want to go, gravel ride, Iceland. I really want to go ride in Iceland. Oh, I think God. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> I really, really, really want to go to Iceland. I And the coolest place I have ridden, I got to say that living in British Columbia, mm. it's pretty flipping amazing, the, the volume of stuff we have here. Um, but Greece was amazing. The variety mm. was really crazy. So mm. I would say Greece was probably the one of the coolest and, and Kyrgyzstan, but I didn't get to see enough of it to actually say it was the coolest place I've ever been. What about you? The Canaries was really cool. The Canary Islands. I mean, I didn't get to see all of it because I was racing at night and the way that they start, you know, you miss this and that. But the Canary Islands were really, really cool. Um, and I would totally go back and do the mountain bike stage race there next fall or next winter. It's like December time. So it's like, sure. Why not? Um, I really want to go to Asia. I've never been, and I would love to go, but not race. I want to go and bike pack. So I don't know the Japanese Odyssey. The Japanese Odyssey. Yes. And I was talking to a friend and they were like, yeah, I think I might go maybe. And then maybe we do Was that Alan or someone else? Um, Alan and Alvin also Alvin, um, homie. So we should do a podcast on the road, find somebody to sponsor it and send us to Japan next year. Let's freaking do it. Yeah. Um, also by the way, if anyone is listening and they're interested in sponsoring our, I was so second guessing myself. I literally couldn't even say the word sponsor. <laughs> if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, it is open for sponsorship, but we are trying to build this as a um, free to listeners, slow, sustainable. Slow, yeah. sustainable. We want it to be, you know, good and we, we want it to be good. So that's our goal. It is good. I, th- I will say like, it's good. I got to say it out loud because I think we it work is really, good. We, <laughs> we work really hard. We're really receptive to feedback. I think like, I'm so proud of our, like, you know, giving us a little horn toot for a second. Heck yeah. From like episode one to now, I think we've grown so much and so many people have sent that feedback too. And I'm like, you know, six months ago or five months ago, I didn't know how to use Adobe Audition. I mean, I'm not proficient by any means, but I'm definitely like getting there. So yeah. Yeah. Mel, you know, someone who wants to grow with us. So thank you to uh, Mel for that. Yeah. If you want to grow with us, hop on. Come come along uh you didn't tell me where you did where's the coolest place you have ridden um honestly italy was really cool memory bike was super cool chile was also really cool colombia was really cool too shoot i don't know there's a lot of i mean i think the thing about italy that i loved the most is the route was so amazing techie yeah. it took you through history yeah it like was you were really wheeling cool. your bike through world war one or two trenches like that yes. is it was wild super cool yeah i would definitely do it or the memory bike festival if you don't want to do an ultra but you want to be involved Go and do the festival. I mean, I've never partied so hard in my life. And I did it literally the day after I finished an ultra race. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Someone said non uh, – someone asked one of their questions and it it didn't make it into this episode. But like what your favorite non-race event was. Mm, and that's, that's a good one. It. 
Yeah. I loved the, I mean, I'm going to go back this year before this big event that I'm doing in July and I'm actually going to um, hang and probably help a little bit with the festival. Um, So yeah, if you're going to, if you're interested, people's go to my bike. Also the people from enough. Oh, Oh, one more. We should Federico. Yeah, we, and we have should Teddy have Mattia on, on too. But Federico, oh, yeah. I love because him. He's he he the runs the team, right? He runs like the he... team. Well, him and Mattia do it together. But um, yeah, Federico is like the brains behind so much of it. He's such a good. He's so good. Yeah, give so good cool. brand. He is. He aces it. Oh well, well that's uh, I guess a wrap for 2023. We'll be back in. 2024 with more detours inevitably like if you listened you notice we just go down rabbit holes all the time hence detours mm-hmm. um we'll be back with atlas mountain race like our preview we're hoping to get you know I, some this i don't want to spoil it i'm not going to tell you what my plans don't tell are we're going to have we have a lot of really exciting stuff coming from <laughs> atlas like so much exciting stuff so um yeah stay tuned for all of the things and um, please leave us a review. Give us five however stars. many stars. Five and stars would be great. Episode. Please share. Share the episode. the episode. Like you sharing it, maybe Makes seems a like difference. a little bit of work to you, but it means a lot to us. So please, we are trying to continue to grow this say in a sustainable way. Five star reviews. Oh my god! Get us fifty by the end of the year, everybody! Come on. Ooh, I was gonna say I wanted a hundred by the end of twenty twenty four, but you're just raising the bar. Let's go fifty before you know, the end of twenty three. We're doing it fifty by the end of twenty twenty three. Please, if you're listening, literally takes two take seconds. Two seconds. All right. All I gotta right. go eat dinner. Thanks, y'all. And you gotta go to basketball. Yeah, I'm uh going to throw some hoops with my brother at Special Olympics basketball this evening. I'm excited. Oh hell yeah. I gotta wear oh. my high ankle shoes though, so I don't roll my ankle because uh I don't know if you know, but I'm really clumsy. Only on a bike am I actually like proficient at, at anything. <laughs> I didn't know uh, you were clumsy, but I'm not surprised because like cycling doesn't take hand eye, right? So no, I'm bad at it. Bad at everything yeah. off the bike. So anyway, well, enjoy your dinner. Enjoy your hoops. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you soon. Bye, Mel. Bye, Stevie the cat. Bye, Stevie. Yeah. Say goodbye. She's going. She's waving. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>